Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod. We've got our special guest out there, Joe Doyle. How are you doing? Getting on, Joe? Never been better, my friend. And as usual, we've got our uh, our co-host out there in Glenageary, Mark Baker. Mark Baker, how are you this evening? Uh, you didn't oh, plug in your mic oh, there at the beginning. I didn't have it plugged in. Yeah. So we'll That's plugged in now. Okay, we're ready. No issues. Ready to go, ready to go. So we wanted to have a chat with Joe on the Shark Pod um, because we're this year is the, the year on the Shark Pod of kind of getting your money right as uh, I know a, a mutual uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Grant Cardone might say, uh, we're going to get all into that as well because I I saw that on Instagram that Joe was having a chat with one of our uh, one of our favorites on the show, um, Grant Cardone. So Joe Doyle, how would you describe yourself? What what? How would you introduce yourself? If someone said, "What do you do for a living? Who are you? What's the story?" Uh, since I started, you know, playing with social media, I, I actually introduced I'm Joe Doyle, entrepreneur. So I tell people I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm a I'm a property investor. Uh, and I'm a business mentor. Perfect. And simple as that. Simple as that. And let t- tell the people, how did you get into to property uh, investing? Because loads of people in Ireland, like it's obs- we're obsessed with property, uh, owning our own piece of uh, of the pie here in Ireland. Like, what got you into to property originally? That's what I wanted to do since I was a nipper. Like, yeah. I, like it was just you know the way you hear fella wants to be a national since he's three years of age. Yeah, I wanted to be a property guy since I was about ten or something. You know, about twelve. Yeah. That was. I actually started saving for my first house when I was about 15. Oh, my God. This yeah, it's just weird. Like, you'd think I'd be better at it by now, wouldn't you? And I'm like, seriously, you're not a performer here. I need to up the game a bit, you know? But the the kind of... What what draw, uh, drew me to you guys as well is... Uh, we, we talked to somebody else on the podcast recently. And they were talking about putting something out there and having the courage to say what you're trying to do. And then the people will see that flag and they'll maybe reach out and try to help or try to get involved or try to um, kind of, or they'll get inspired by it. So you're trying to get to a hundred million uh, in property, uh, you know, eventually. Uh, that's the, the main goal. I don't know if I agree with the word trying. Going to? Yes. I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey <laughs> to a hundred million. Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. We want to build a hundred million euro property portfolio. We're currently at 12. So 12 million. Okay. About 88% to go. Okay. So, you know, it, but 12 million is still a lot more than a lot of other people will, uh, will be, uh, doing. So when you are when back, when you're 15, you're, you're, uh, saving for a house, all that type of stuff. You want to be a property investor, or maybe just own a house as quickly as possible. Um, what, how did, what, what was, did you do something to, to get into that industry or what, what's the story? So the, the whole, the whole story there, the, the journey is I used to be a bricklayer. It, does the video just go out or is this audio only? It's video as well, but. Oh no, well I know where, no, well I better stop bouncing around then because you're allowed to go, I'm just trying to be late there. I better stop bouncing around. back on, Joe. Yeah, put me clothes back on. I'm, not, I'm actually no trousers on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, let me, let me give you, give you a snapshot of, of, of the journey. Yeah, I bought the house next door to my mother's house when I was 18 and um, I, I, was an, I was an apprentice bricklayer and uh, bought the house when I was 18 and you could get like, I think it was 92% of a mortgage you could get at that time. So if the house was like 120 grand, see, I, I'm blessed in that I grew up in, in a place where 
houses are a fraction of the cost of where you guys are currently living, which is great, you know, because we could buy a house for 120, 130 grand, something like that. So if the house was caught even 150 and you needed a 90, you are getting a 92% mortgage, 8% of 150 is 12 grand. So for 12 grand, you're on the property ladder in, in Dublin, you know. Yeah. Um, and then before that, people forget that before that, there was a thing called the first time buyer's grant, which was a certain amount of money that the government would give you. I'm not sure what it was. And I just missed out on that by, you know, a couple of months or whatever. It was just finished. So it was a lot easier to get on the, the property market at that point in time. So when I got the first house, after that, then you needed to have a 20% deposit. But I realized then that if you are buying a site to build a house, the bank would give you all of the money to build the house and 80% of the purchase price of the site. So if you are buying a second house, it was an 80% mortgage. If you are buying a site, it was 80% of the site value and 100% of the build cost. So it meant if you're actually building a house, you needed far less money to put into the deal yourself. So I got the first house next door to my other's house, still have it today. Then I bought a site in the estate across the way for me and I built the house there. And then because I was literally building everything myself, um, you know, I, I was building the house for less than the, the cost the official build cost was so that was giving me the deposit to go on to the next one so i done that like a good few times and i kept all the houses i should have sold them probably but i kept them all <laughs> um and then things start getting more and more expensive that i just couldn't justify paying the money that people were paying and i done one day i went one step too far you know i stopped one deal ahead of where i should have um and then the whole thing just came tumbling down <laughs> Um, at that point in time, we had like, it was a 3 million borrowings. Um, the properties were probably worth, I don't even know what they're worth now. I'd have to check it out there, but they were worth a little bit more than that. Um, and then, uh, was it 3 million? Jeez, I'm, I'm make sure I'm not telling you. That. Someone's going to pick me up and say, you said this about there. But basically, the at one point, there was 3 million quid out to the bank and the properties had crashed down to like a million quid or so a little bit more than a million quid and the banks wanted their three million back so um, i always wondered how that worked because like i'm not a, a property investor i, I bought a uh, apartment when i was straight out of college the first year couldn't really afford it either but the we went then had to leave go to canada for a couple of years and we rented it out while we were gone and we sold it when we came back uh, and we were lucky because we bought it when it was really low um, and we yeah. did, we, so we did all right out of it but the someone had told me that before that when they owe a certain amount the banks can call and ask for the whole thing back like i didn't realize that that was the case is that with just with investment properties or is that with people do that for your house like uh i don't think they can do it on a family home but they okay. can do it on investment properties if the bank security is compromised by the the value dropping okay uh, so if the bank if the bank say that they're going to lend you 70 percent of the value of a property and then the property is, say, they lend you 70 grand, the property's 100 grand. It's normally on bigger. Say it's 700 grand versus a million quid property. And then the value drops below the, the specified levels or parameters. Well, then they can call in the loan, in which case then you need to pay off the loan to bring it back into the correct loan-to-value ratios, or the loan is deemed to be in default and they can pull the plug on it altogether. Oh, my God. And then, yeah. like... But did that ever come up when you were when you were building up your portfolio? Did that ever cross your mind that this this could be a possibility, or just were you thinking this is, you know, something that isn't going to happen? 
No, like, like property prices had only ever gone one way in Ireland up until 2000 and the end of 2007 slash 2008. So I wasn't really concerned about it. But I did realize that I couldn't buy deals, couldn't buy properties and make any money on them based on what other people were paying. They were like, so, you know, bear in mind, I was only like, 22 23 years old at this stage it's only a few years in the game and i didn't really know what i was doing myself but i just when i added the numbers up for something it just didn't stack up so i couldn't i couldn't go near it you know um and then it then it crashed and there was all sorts of madness happened as, as we know yeah absolutely so it really only took you a few years from when you were 18 to buying your first one to get to that kind of three million uh value no, it wasn't a three million value. The the mortgage value was three million. Okay. Like the properties the properties were like over five million. Amazing. Like, they, like I I'd made like two million quid when I was twenty three, and I thought, geez, this is easy. I'll have me hundred million like in no time at all. And then by the time I was twenty seven, it was like gone, and I didn't do anything with it. I didn't spend the money. I didn't turn the the money into cash, which I could have paid the tax and and walked away and jumped back in then. You know, yeah. two years later, and I would have had like I would have turned that two million into like ten million at least, and that you know. Um, so look, nobody knows what's around the corner. Uh, but uh, like as as I as I look back now, if, if I kind of I'm thirty six now, so if you kind of break it down, I started when I was eighteen, and I got I got to a certain point at twenty three that I, I had a couple of million quid, and then twenty seven, it was gone. Right, so I was just kind of playing around with it from 23 up to 27. I thought this was easy. And then it took me from like 27 to about, took me at least five years, probably a little bit more to sort all that out. Um, and then I got back on the horse and it didn't take me that long. I, you know, I, I basically turned into an absolute machine, like for doing work and doing deals and, you know, walking around the clock. And it didn't take me that long to, to get back up. And now, even as I look as I look back on, on kind of the journey so far, I still think that I'm underperforming at where I'm at. Like I just need to gather a bit more momentum so that I can just do what I know I can do, if that makes sense, you know? Absolutely. And Joe, dur- during this time, as you were <clears throat> late teens, early twenties, were you still working uh bricklaying day to day, nine to five? No, I I, I in when I couldn't buy when I realized that the numbers weren't stacking up, actually, this is the one thing that kind of really fucked me up was that I got, um, I done a deal where the bank gave me the money to buy, the usual, the money to buy this, this, the property and the site and the bill cost. And they get, I remember I had the loan offer. It was like, it was an 850,000 euro deal. And I can remember the exact thing. I, I reached out to somebody who I trusted because I was thinking about starting a business. This guy was a business mentor. Um, so I reached out to this guy um, to say, look, I'm thinking about starting a business, but I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I could hire you. And I had the loan offer and I was about to start this project. And uh, so it was basically an old derelict house that was ready to be turned into a couple of apartments and a shop. And he says, yeah, look, I'll help you. I think your business is a great idea. And I said, well, look, I'm going to go and do this project first. Or will I start the business force, right? And his exact words were to me, well, you're hot to trot now. You may as well do the business now because that involved me spending 14,000 euro with him because I was hiring him. It was my very first purchase in my company was to hire a, a business coach. And it was the worst advice that I ever got because he should have said to me, go and do your 
your your building project because if your loan offer expires, you may not get renewed. Now he didn't know anything about property, and he was a guy out there, you know, pushing his business. So I don't judge him in any way for that. Um, but it was no big deal for me to get the loan offer renewed because I got them renewed before when they went down at date. However, that was when the world was about to come tumbling down, and when the bank gives you the contract, well, they basically promise to give you the money. They can't take it back. You know, yeah. unless it expires and they can refuse to renew. And in the end, like I paid like six hundred and fifty grand or so for this particular site, you know. And uh, like in the end, the bank sold it for eighty, like you know. And that was the one that sent me over the edge. Now, as I look back on that, and I had a conversation one day. Um, this guy came to one of my 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 business training seminars, and uh, he was saying, "But look at you! Basically, we were comparing." Or stories, you know, and he went to buy a property in 2007, 2008, and he just didn't buy it. And he was like, thank God he didn't do it. But I just plowed through and bought them all. So today he still hasn't bought any properties, but like I've bought loads of them. So he failed by, by default, by basically not doing anything, whereas I failed by action. And I think it's it's better to fail by action rather than fail by default because I've built up an absolute massive, massive wealth of experience that people like wouldn't have learned in three lifetimes, if that makes sense, you know. And I'm so risk averse now where everything I do, it's all about de-risking, you know, how I even to the point there, like I'm always about don't waste money, like, but now I'm at the point like, how can I make sure I don't waste time on this? So it's like you know, I'm I'm like the whole Warren Buffett thing, two four was it two rules of, of uh, getting rich. Number one, don't lose money, and number two, don't forget rule number one. So I've got like it's, it was a blip on the radar, and it's still a kind of a large chunk of my business life at this point. But as time goes on, that amount, that five year window will get smaller and smaller as a percentage of the time. And look, I'm I'm grateful for it now at this stage, to be honest. But I'm not fucking going back there, you know. <laughs> yeah, like we we've talked to those people kind of around their age. Um, who kind of came up just before the the, the crash of 2007, 2008 and then went through some tough times then and came back. Um, one person in particular that we had on um, said he was going he was going mad with the property. He was, in, like he was writing checks for things that he didn't really, wasn't really looking into. Things in, uh, like the banker was calling him from, offering him something, an investment property in uh, Bangkok or something. And he's like, yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds legit. Go, go for it. <laughs> and, uh, don't, you know. tr- don't trust bankers. Like, <laughs> yeah. You need to be careful with them, you know? And that's, that's interesting as well. That most people uh, that are going for, um, trying to buy their first property, trying to get in the ladder themselves, they're kind of, the, the relationship that they have is kind of almost like uh, the, the bank has all the power. They think that the bank is, you know, I have to jump through all these hoops to get, they have to keep them sweet and everything like that. But you mentioned there that you have to be careful of them. Is that kind of when you get going, they'll be, they'll try to... No, like, like the, the, if you're dealing with a lending manager, his job is to sell money. His okay. job is not to get you, like, the cheek of that guy selling him a property. He's not a property guy. He's a banker. He's selling money. Why is he selling the property, you know? And the guy got complacent yeah. and he, he jumped on it. And then when the music stopped, he was the one left having to pick up the pieces, you know, yeah. um, like just people need to stick to what they know, <laughs> you know, that's, and, and I only take advice from people if they, if they know, I, I have a simple philosophy. I only take advice from people if they have what I want. Simple as that. I was, 
I was watching something, I think it was one of your videos, and it was like an inner circle and an outer circle when it comes to, you know, making property deals. Is there certain knowledge, you know, that is in that circle and anything outside of that are kind of way too risky, you know? Does that make sense? So look, that's that's my kind of philosophy on life, you know. There's an inner circle and an outer circle to everything. Um, the inner circle is the guys who are picking up the opportunities before they become known to the wider market if you want you know and then the outer circle is, is the general public who pick up the scraps and fight amongst them and you know for example um if uh like if my car breaks down i'm not on the inner circle of the motor trade i'm, I'm getting fleeced so I'm, I'm paying retail price on it you know whereas if you're in the motor trade and there's something wrong with your car you'll get someone to look at it and it won't cost anything you know um so you know when i'm when i'm doing deals with people like they they know that if I tell them I'm going to get that, they're going to get their money. They know they're going to get their money. So they say, well, look, we could put this on the market and we'll get 300 grand for it, possibly maybe 320. Or we could ring this lad and see, does he want to do a deal at 275 or 280 or whatever, you know? Um, so that's kind of inner circle versus outer circle. That's just my analogy. And I just view it in absolutely everything. Some people have the, the inside track on things and, and some people don't. And we're all... We're all getting fleeced somewhere along the lines, in my opinion, in one part. You know, you go into, you go into, I always use the example then as well. You go in, you buy like a little 200ml bottle of like 7-Up in a pub and it's like 270 or something. <laughs> and you say, well, give, us a, give us a pint of 7-Up and it's more expensive than a pint of beer. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy, you know. But that's just the way it is. I always think that as well. Like our, when you go into it and you get like a fizzy water, which is just air in water, and it's the same as a pint, you're like, this doesn't make sense. It's not the same process to get this to where it is, but I suppose they've got a yeah. captive audience. Where are you going to go? Like? <laughs> where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you want someone to have skin in the game as well. Like a lender is not going to have skin in the game. Well, they do. It's their money at the end of the day, isn't it? But if the they, they don't want it to lose money. You mm. said the lender's going to have, well, the lender, is, it, is the lender the bank? well yeah no the individual i was talking about you know yeah so, he sell. yeah so he, yeah um yeah look there's all different types of scenarios look this is the way way the way you're that's actually funny that you're talking about water, water there right? one of the things i decided when i finished up with my bank and things was i was never drinking tap water again i just never <laughs> liked it i never liked the, the taste of tap water and uh, i just know it's not good yet. and then when i when i uh when i finished up with my banking problems and I had some free cash that was like, right, I'm never buying or never drinking tap water ever again, you know? Um, but sorry, you're saying there about, uh, what did you mention there? Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, getting caught in the, the water chat. Well, we were just talking about the, the banking and stuff like that. Maybe we'll t pick it up the, the story when the crash happens, they're calling in their money. Did you think that everything was over? Was that a kind of a dark time? Did, did you know you'd bounce back? Did they kind of, did they bring you into the, because the guy they were talking about that got into trouble before with uh, with property said he used to go in the, the back door to see the, the manager in the bank and then he was, then he was lining up in the queue uh, for the teller. To, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go down the level of importance. Um, yeah, like I, I never really got carried away that much. I, you get to know the people that you're dealing with and look, it, it is what it is, but, the problem for me was that I, I, I owed the money, well, it's all I one. I owed the money to all these different banks, so I had to go through the same process every single time. And, uh, you know, each bank has a different set of rules, regulations, and criteria, and you just have to learn and deal with them. And, you know, 
it was it was a it was a it was a head wreck for me. But did I know? No, I I, I never did. I know I was going to bounce back. I had no idea what was going to happen, but I never lost my determination to succeed throughout the entire process. I'm like, okay, get on with it. I'm just not going to allow this to stop me. Um, it did tremendously slow me down, but you know, I decided I wasn't going to let it, let it stop me. Um, we had a couple of th- it was a really interesting thing happened there. Um, I. There was there was this TV thing going on and um, and I got involved in it and you know part of it was that I was going to get a solution to the problems to my banking issues that was it and and that didn't happen um, and I just had to go back to the start and try and figure out what's happening so basically I had these experts help me which I don't know if they helped me or not but it kind of seemed to make things worse and. Uh, I was just left on my own then and I couldn't afford to hire other professionals. And I remember going into the bank one day and saying, listen, I have no idea what these guys said or what they've done. I was like, well, look, this is a shit storm. What do I need to do? And the woman that I was dating in the bank was an absolute lady. Like she was a gem like, and uh, she's like, okay, tell me what you can do. And we went back and forth for a few months. And in the end, they got all their money back and I, I got off the hook, you know, but it took a long time then again. And I suppose, look, if you, if you talk to other people about this, They'll probably they'll they'll tell you all the all the really bad things about it and all the sad things and yeah listen I can go down that road but I just I just don't really talk about that sort of stuff to be honest you know yeah. uh, like I was terrified of the postman yeah I was suicidal at one stage over the whole lot of it like but you know the fucking more letters from the bank more letters from the bank and you're looking at them and you're looking at them and you're looking at them and it freaks you out you know and then like. You know, I, I'm just happy that that's my apprenticeship. I'm not fucking going back there. I'm never going to let that happen to me again. If I do find myself in that situation, I know how to deal with it. You know, I know what it's like when I'm when when I'm at rock bottom. I I know I know that when I get to rock bottom, I was still determined to succeed. So yeah. you know, that's the bonus that I take from it. You know, perfect. And so say okay, so say you're you're past that that time now, um, and you're you're back on your feet. Or wait, how do we do this? Say if you're say you're, you're talking to the eighteen year old Joe or someone that's like Joe, um, how, what what was the first steps for them to get going if they want to get to a hundred million? Is there if you knew, if you knew now or if you knew then what you knew uh, now? Do you think you could get there quicker, or well, or is it just a process? Great great question. I I I can't tell anybody what it's like to get to a hundred million because I'm not there yet. Yeah, you know. Um, so like. I, I can tell people what it's like to get to 10 million yet, no problem. Like, but the thing is, like, and, and one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making when it comes to creating wealth is they they aim to become a millionaire, right? And a millionaire is a net worth of one million, right? So they aim, but if you if you really want to create wealth, you must aim to make one million euros every year. That's that's the target. You must aim to make one million euros every year. And if you if you force yourself into that situation, it just opens up a new section of your mind. And you're like, yeah, I can either do it or I'm not doing it, but it's a different ball game altogether. Never, you know, I don't know exactly what the, the, the profile of your listeners are here, but I'm sure they're into making money and all that sort of stuff. So don't aim to be a millionaire. Aim to make one million every year. That's what you have to do. And, you know, you're kind of nod your head a little bit and say, wow, that's a big look. Once you aim that, once you aim for that, your whole life will take on a, a different a different uh meaning you know i love that as well that's because when we're taught in school 
the I think we mentioned this almost every episode, but you know, when you're in school in third year or something, they give you this like sheet of what all the different salaries are for different jobs, and you're like, okay, if you want to be an accountant, you get this. If you want to be an engineer, Perfect. they get they get that. Like, and it's kind of like picking from a menu, but it's nowhere near a million a year or anything like it. No one says, yeah. or you can go, you can pick the the kind of mystery box here. You have to figure it out, <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be Just make sure you don't get the booby prize, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? so it's up to you like but like the like you said before um if you're if you're not aiming for a million you definitely won't get there so you, you've yeah. kind of you failed uh, by default as well um yes. so yeah. it's like if, if the whole like if i, I promise you like as there's guys listening here saying oh that's easy for him to say look i'm a bricklayer from clondalkin right like that's where i started out right i just i just caught on to this a few years ago yeah and the re like of like you know our, our portfolio is like twelve million or something now. Most of that came in the last three years. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my rate of acceleration has gone through the roof now. So whilst I'm not happy that it took me eighteen years to get to this point, I know that like seventy percent of the gains or you know fifty percent of the gains came in the last three or four years, whatever it is, and we're we're getting faster. But like the number one thing you must do is have a target, pick the target, have a goal. And make whatever you think the goal is, make it you no know, ten times that. Obviously, cut down ten x. But you know, aim to make it. If you aim to make a million quid a year, you're gonna look at the world in a completely different place. I promise you. Like I know, I've said it already. I'll, I'll fucking say it two more times before we finish here. If you guys want to take something from that, that's what they need to take. What do you think, Mark? Are you think it big enough out there? And with your with your business, what's going on? Maybe not a million a year, but I'm certainly certainly thinking big. Yeah, certainly bu- building something as opposed to just kind of transactions. But um, out of interest, Joe, did, you've chosen the property as a vehicle to, to to get that wealth creation. Were you just really into property, or did you just kind of fixate on that and it just you knew that that was a way, or did you ever think of any other ways of wealth creation, or is it is a property empire that you want? No, I want I want a big fuck off empire. I want to own streets. Like, yeah. like Monopoly back in the day it's like that's the yeah. you took that to heart well, we were all just fucking around like. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I, I, just to go back on, on what Mark said there, I always say use your business as a vehicle for wealth creation so the like you, your, the success that you get in your property ventures will be dependent on how well you can fuel them from either flipping properties or you're going to need to bring cash in elsewhere. Mm. So once you can bring cash in from elsewhere in the business, then so once you can bring cash in to the property business, because you're going to need to bring something to the table yourself, that will help you accelerate. Because if you can borrow 60%, 70%, 80%, whatever the amount of money that you can borrow is, it's the other piece that's just going to slow you down. So if you're borrowing 90% and you want to do a million quid deal, you need 100 grand. If you're borrowing 80%, you need, you know, it's 200 grand. So that's the piece that's slowing you down. So I've got a system where I've got my business and I've got that married to my investments. Um, although they're not, maybe married is wrong, but I've got them intertwined so that we take money in here and we push it straight over in there. So the minute we take it in here, it multiplies straight away. And yeah. then the value of it multiplies and we, we take the rental income from that then. So for example... Like, you know, in my trading business, any any money we earn in that trading business, it go, we, we use it for deposits to buy property. So we have that money forever because it, but it's just in the property. And chances are it's going to increase in value. And if you want to get that money out at any point in the, in the, down the line, we can just liquidate the asset and sell it. However, if 
once we own the asset, it should be going up in value, as I said, but it's bringing off rent as well. So it's not going anywhere. So you can effectively keep every cent that you've ever earned in your business by, by using the system, you know? And are you focused solely on West Dublin at the moment? Is that right? Or is it any particular reason that you're focused there? Or? Yeah, just the opportunity is here. You know, I live in Clondalkin. Um, I see somebody was saying something there to me the other day, and then someone asked me kind of a similar question on, on TikTok. Do you know I'm like, pe- people are traveling all over the world, and like, like I'm making millions, and I've barely moved outside Clondalkin. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, you know? So is that because all the opportunities in Clondalkin, or is that because I became accustomed to spot opportunities that I'm used to dealing with? Um, and look, when I say I'm making millions, you know, we've made a few million, but we're not. I'm not at the 100 million point yet, anywhere near it, you know. But I just think it's, once you get zoned in on something, it works. And, and like, if I was down in Cork, I'd be down deals in Cork. Like, any of my tenants ring me now and say there's something wrong. Well, they don't ring me, but they ring one of the guys. But I can be in pretty much all of my properties in less than 30 minutes. So they're all, no, not all of them, but I can be, yeah. be in any one of my properties in less than 30 minutes. Um there was a flood in one of them there two weeks ago. I was just going to bed and I was like, oh, geez, this is great. Like, you know, it was an easy evening. Like, I wasn't walking. Like, you know, everything is just strangely calm. And then, oh, there's water coming down from the ceiling. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I'm getting up and I'm just getting dressed to go down, hoping that I don't have to go down. Yeah. But knowing that I will. And in the end, that I didn't go down. But and it, it wasn't as if the property was in Cork when I was in Dublin. Yeah. It was a 15 mm, minutes down, down the line. <laughs> Like, What's know, that? Oh, Bangkok, you, yeah, Bangkok, yeah. And um, did, you, did, did you ever invest or, or think of investing in, uh, you know, Cyprus or Bulgaria? Or? Well, I've thought of loads of stuff, yeah, but I've never actually done it. Like, it's just, it, it needs to be within 30 minutes of my doorstep, you know. Well, can I just tell you something here, right? Um, just, you, you guys, you, you obviously use our Grand Cardone fans, yeah? Big fans. So, yeah, just Uncle just, G, as we call him on the show. Un- un- Uncle G, yeah. So just just to flick back there, right? I'm gonna tell you like maybe a ten minute story here, but you you Go like this, it. right? Um, and this is this is for your listeners who are thinking that chaps off the rails with his bleeding million quid a year, right? Um, I I kind of started figuring out this whole kind of massive action thing in 2016ish there thereabouts, maybe 2015, 2016. And I, I started learning different things. Uh, I just started noticing different things. Didn't say learn. I started noticing them. And I was like, I wonder what this work and I wonder what that work. And at that time, you know, we all wanted to be a millionaire when you retire, which is like, you know, a fictional date in the future to have a, a, you know, a fictional amount of money. And I never really had a specific target as such other than I just wanted more, you know, and I wanted a bigger company and all that. And I can remember, um, Grant Cardone was having his event in Miami, the 10X Growcon. It was the first one ever. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to that. And I'm just having this little kind of daydream. He said, yeah, I'm going to go to that. And my banking issues had just been sorted then at that stage. And I'm like, no, if I'm going there, I'm, I'm going to fly first class and I'm going to sit in the front row and I'm going to actually get a Rolls Royce like Grant's to bring me to the airport. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm just having this little dream, you know, to myself. And then I'm like, now hold on a minute. And so then I'm bringing myself back down to earth. Now, Joe, cop on. You got a few quid in the bank. Your bank stuff is behind you. Don't start thinking your birthday big balls going around in a Rolls Royce type of thing if, if you're going to do that. And then I said, actually, you know what? I am going to do it. And 
I'm going to earn the money from somewhere else. So I just had this little dream, this little daydream. Like, right, I was like, I don't know, say we needed 30 grand. It was 10 grand for the ticket, first class flight to America, you know, three or four grand, uh, hotel, um, all the usual bits and bobs. So I was like, right, how am I going to do it? And I was like, well, okay, I've just bounced through this big shitstorm. Surely there's value in what has happened to me that I can show to other people. So I basically took out my phone and I made a video. Um, and I said, look, I've got a, a, a new idea coming up. I'm going to be able to help somebody. And I was going to get a couple of people to put them together and charge them a few grand to show them how to do what I've done, you know. And it just happened. Boom. I, I made the money to go to Miami. I was like, Jesus, this was this was easy, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in front row in, 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 in Miami. All my money that I had was uh, still there. Not that I had that much at the time, like, but, you know, whatever you had. Um, as in surplus cash. I didn't have to spend any of my cash to get there, right? So um, there was actually, I heard this term there the other day. I'll, I'll tell you now, it's actually a good term. Yeah, proximity is everything, right? So to get close to the people that's that's making the money. So if someone writes a book, you read the book, but you're not, you're not, it's not, you're not in close proximity to them. But if you can stand next to them, it's a different story. So went to the Grocon, he had a party in his house and all. I got to go there, I'm taking pictures in his jacks and all, all sorts of mess and <laughs> like, right? And it was it was good crack. And I went on my own, you know. And I would never go anywhere on my own, but I just thought I'm going on my own here. Um, so while I was there, there was this little page folded and i was like five day mastermind retreat 25 grand and uh my mouth just i'll do that i was like i'm not saying that right so he just came over and he had the page the, the folder and he just kind of pushed it into my chest you know like you know didn't put it into my hand put it to my chest so you know as if i had to grab it like I, I i felt it right so i'm sitting there saying hold on joe you're to get into miami by just dreaming up stuff <laughs> Surely you can you can get to uh, St. Bart's in the Bahamas by dreaming up stuff again, right? So I'm like, right, okay, so I'm thinking, how can I do it, how can I do it? And I just had this question. I was like, how much would somebody pay me to show them how to acquire a half a million euros worth of property, right? Which is basically two houses, but, you know. So while I was at the conference, I walked out the back and I made a, a, a video saying, I'm going to do this. How much would you pay? And people are saying, like, five grand, 10%, two grand, all these mad amounts, right? So in the end, I settled on 1,500 quid. And I said, look, I'll take 20 people, 1,500 quid, or whatever the amount of people it was. And uh, so I'm sitting at the conference, and my phone was like literally just blown up like by people saying, like, yeah, I want in on this, I want in, I want in, I want in, you know? So I rings Linda. I was like, Linda, there's people going to come to the house, and they're going to give you money. Just take it. Make sure it's in an envelope. Make sure their name is on it and go to the bank at the end of every day because they might be coming up for a few days, right? And she's like, why are you doing I was like, listen, I'm at the conference. I'll talk to you when I go back. And then I rang the girl that walked in my office and I said the same thing. And she's like, she's my accountant, my bookkeeper. She's like, oh, you can't be taking money unless you have an invoice. And this. I said, listen, just take the fucking money. We'll sort it all out when I go back. And in the end, we got 20 or so people to, to pay for that, right? So... Now I'm going to St. Bart's to hang out with Grant Cardone and all the big hitters um, for five days. I'm like, this is fucking savage. Like, this, so this is now twice I'm after dreaming this thing up, you know? So um, the next, and this is where it gets even even more exciting then. So um, 
I, I, I got to talk to Cardone and he was talking about, you know, talking on stage and all. He said, you know, you could do this and all. He, I was pure fired up. And I'm like, when I get back to St. When I get to go to St. Bart's, I have to tell him that I've done at least one live speaking event um, so that he can put me on his stage. This is me dreaming again, right? So we put on a speaking event for charity and we got like, you know, 250 people or something paid to, to come and see this and we done it in Liffey Valley in, in the Clayton Hotel Clarion it was at the time so I'm, I'm in my, my, my kitchen preparing my, my speech to go on stage and you know whatever amount to, whatever date it was but about four weeks after that or three weeks after that I was going to the St. Bars team so the, I dreamt up being on stage purely to get me the experience that when I sat next to him I could say it so you can see I've dreamt up going from Clondalkin to Miami and I've dreamt up going from Clondalkin to St. Bart's and it's funded itself so far and then I just, you know, imagined the room full of people and, and the people came, right? So I'm doing my my, uh, my my speech for the night and while I'm doing it, um, while I'm doing it up, I just had this horrible feeling in me. I was like, I can't get on stage and talk to people about creating wealth and all that sort of stuff well, I still owe the bank some money and I owed them 120 grand. I'm like, I can't do it. And I had 120 grand in my bank, but I couldn't go to St. Bart's to hang out with these big hitters with no money in my bank. It would have been just, I would have been a fake. You know, I don't mind going up saying, this lads, I'm the poorest lad in the room and I'm here to learn from all you guys. Like, I'm, I'm happy to be the student, but I couldn't go with nothing. You know, what happens yeah. if they ask you to buy a round of drinks and it's two Gs and you don't have the money, you know? So, I'm, these are all these different things are going on, right? So um, I'm in I'm in my kitchen and I'm like thinking, 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 where can I get 120 grand in a week, you know? And uh, and Linda, I'm talking and she's asking me questions and I'm like, I'm like, Linda, leave me alone. I think I have it figured out. And she's like, what? I said, just leave me. So I just figured out, I'd done a deal with a guy and I'd bought a property and the property was worth, it was, it was, it was basically, I wasn't selling the property to the guy too cheap. I was selling to him at the price. I said, look, do you want to buy a property? Here's the deal. And I sold them all the bells and whistles. I said, look, it's an absolute paper exercise. You don't need to do that. And you take over the property. He's like, yeah, yeah, grand. And I made 140 grand on that deal, right? But I wasn't going to get paid for 8, 10, 12 weeks. And then I, I jumped on the phone to one of my other buddies then and said, hey, listen, man, do you want to make 10 grand? He's like, well, I said, I'm about to make 140 on a property. Um, give me 120. And when the money comes in, you can have the 140. And he's like, so you're just going to give me 10 grand for nothing? I'm like, yeah. He's like, fucking sure, I'll be dead. When do you want to do it, right? So next minute, I gets the check. So I had the check, 120 grand. Went into the bank, gave them their money that they owed. So that was me, cleared, free, zero banking issues then. And I could stand on the stage and talk about what I'd done even the, the couple of weeks previous, you know? So... That all went through, and then between between doing the event and actually due to go to uh, to St. Bart's, the big hurricane hit and wrecked the hotel and wrecked the whole island, you know. So the event got cancelled, and the and Cardone's office refunded me the twenty five grand. So I was basically I I had won all round in my preparation to do all this. I became a different guy altogether, you know. Um, I, on two or three or four four times there, I basically just visualized making an amount of money in a short space of time, and I made it happen. So my own level of belief just went through the roof, you know. 
And then I just I became even more determined. And then I realized that I was actually thinking too small all the time. And just before Christmas or after Christmas, um, I said to my guy, Paddy, he's my number one guy on the property side of things. I was like, Paddy, right, here's the plan for the year. Million quid profit this year. That's the plan, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, look, you do 500 Gs and I'll do 500 Gs. So basically, I've got my trading side, which is my, my, my business mentoring side, you know, and it's like the results we get for people is like unbelievable there, right? So we just, we teach tradesmen how to do what I do with my building company and how to get them down the property. I was like, no, no, you do a million and I'll do a million. There's none of this halves here, right? And he just didn't say anything, you know. And uh, he came into this 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 house here like three days ago and he's like, I'm already 550 up, he says, and it's only January. I need a bigger target. I was like, see, I told you, you know. Now we've got a couple of deals going on. We had a couple of deals from last year hanging over yeah. that he was going to get them on his tally this year because they weren't the only count them when you get paid and then we found more stuff so it's just like when you put this level of determination out there and you you put it to the universe um it happens it just happens when you when you focus exclusively on one thing don't allow yourself to be put on and i'm not i'm not really the biggest fan of the law of attraction, which I know does work. Like I'm, you know, I'm about the law of fucking hustle, the law of action, you know. Yeah. But I can tell you, like, a couple more stories. I don't know if you actually noticed um, on my Facebook page there, the very first day back. So my plan was there. I said, I wonder how much money I can make between. And I know people to. Oh, I wonder how much business I can do. Like I just focus on money. I wonder how much money I could make between the closing of the businesses at Christmas and when they open back up on the fifth or the sixth or whatever it is, you know, and I, I was just set myself a little target, you know, those little hangover days when nothing really happens in yep. the world, 28, 29, 30. I just focused there and I was just walking and because I'm walking from home and I can do it on my own time. My missus wasn't too bothered by it, but I know that when you do something that's exclusively harder than what you should do, when you voluntarily put yourself in a position where you need to do something that's difficult, good luck happens. So the first day back um, of the new year, I'm sitting right where I'm sitting now, and I had been invi- I had been literally going around my head like the night before saying, right, I want to make 50 grand this month. I want to make 50 grand, 50 grand. That's what I'm just telling myself, right? And I got a phone call. I got a text message off a guy to say, um, I basically bought a house for like 40 grand, like about it actually during the summer and uh but he was living there as a long-term tenant and all that sort of stuff and the deal i tried to buy a couple of years ago and it, it took a good few years to get the deal sorted and i was like yeah look at whenever you get your mortgage just give me a shout but he's like i've bad credit it won't be for three years look whatever make that place your home whenever you want to do it just give me a shout he basically texted me to say i've got a hundred grand of a mortgage you know and I was like, holy shit, the very first walking day of the new year, something that I wasn't expecting to materialize. I got the jitters. I was pure nervous because I was thinking about it the night before. And I wrote it on my Facebook page saying the first day back, you know, and I'm after getting like, holy shit, that was just mad. It's like, wouldn't you just put something out there and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that point? It will deliver. And now I'm at the point where I know I'm seriously under delivering because I should have been thinking like this years ago. It's it's been 
like since i don't know what it what it is i don't know if if, uh if we've kind of brought with our own uh uh, law of attraction stuff if we have brought these people into the the podcast but you're the third person in a row i think that has talked about this at some stage where they just decided on doing something big and then things started just happening or someone uh like i said earlier kind of you put something out there someone puts up their hands and that sounds like something i'd like to get involved in i've, I've got all this knowledge about this i've got all these uh, connections or whatever let's go do this like uh we had a lot on the podcast who had a, a chain of bakeries in town um and then he wanted to start a, a software business and then randomly he just met someone who had the skills to build what he was thinking and now Brilliant. he was doing ferrari uh shopping there on instagram recently he's like you know it's it, it, what i'm saying is like it's a uh, it's a lot of people we've talked to have uh, i've kind of figured this out i don't want to go down and marco stops me from going down the kind of the secret way i'm not going that far but i'm saying like i i agree there's something you know? out there yeah. there's something yeah. out there like yeah like there's, there's just it just works you know you just like you have to work hard now listen i'm not at the point where i could be ferrari shopping myself so you know fair play to your man whoever he is you know yeah. um but like you know it works there's opportunities out there and it just like I could just tell you different things like actually before Paddy came in and said he needed a bigger target right um, we we borrowed this money off these investors the bank of Joe we call it and we spend the money and then we put mortgages on the property to get the money back and then we spend the money again and put mortgages on to get it back so we're using the same money in and out all the time but the problem is when we take the money back in, if we don't have a deal for it, we're paying interest on it or we have to give it back to the investors. And it took us years to build it up. So basically, we had a situation where we had no deals, where we had no deals, and uh, we had this money coming back from mortgages. And he couldn't sleep, he said, because he, he knew that he had to find a deal to put this, this money into. And uh, he, we just found a deal. It just landed on our doorstep. Um, we sale agreed on Friday. This is just Friday just gone. Um, it's just I don't know I think it's like be unapologetic with your determination to yourself you know don't be saying oh yeah we know we're sitting on I'm going to fucking do it because I just think when you say you're going to fucking do it the universe hears this guy's going to fucking do it we better give it to him and save ourselves the hassle you know I just all the kind of wishy-washy stuff oh, I'll have a go at it now I just uh, I don't um, I don't think that serves you as well as you know complete determination and complete determination, it's, it's not as uh, common as you'd imagine. Because like when you're saying that, a lot of people kind of dabble on things or like I'm in sales, uh, a lot of people will say, you know, if I hit the target, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm all right with, you know, the base is pretty good anyway, kind of ties me over and all that type of stuff. <laughs> so that's what I was saying to, to Mark this year. We're going, uh, I'm, I've, I've asked for a different type of contract where there's a lot more upside. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe some risk on the downside market like we talked about before but uh you know we're, we're trying to risk up things in a in a positive way so that we can reach to a place that we've not been before um and you kind of have to burn the boats a little bit uh like mark did with yeah. his business as well and joe really really interested in the the kind of personal brand of joe Dahl. like how did that come about how did you how did that start was it just organic or did you actually did you model it on something did you get inspiration somewhere what what is the brand? Actually, here's a, here's an interesting question. Tell me what is the brand in the what is the the brand of Joe Doyle and the Oyster Mark Baker? I think it's it's definitely honest. I think it's experience. It's no nonsense. Uh, I love all the Instagram, all the Instagram posts and all that. But unapologetic. 
with those Instagram yeah. posts. Kind of like I think it's the honesty is 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 the key thing. You know, I think it's trustworthy. There's no bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit on social media. Unfortunately, you're kind of trying to sift through it. You're trying to get inspired. I think a lot of people are inspired by these posts, but I think yours are just a bit more honest. And maybe it's because we're all from Dublin and it resonates a little bit more. But it obviously works. People are obviously coming to you um, for different for different things, whether it's property or to help them with their business. Um, actually, uh, interesting. Like, what are the kind of key kind of pain points that like a typical construction business or business owner would would face? And how would you uh, help them? The, most times they are they are succeeding. They are aiming too low and succeeding because they are afraid to aim high and fail. Okay. So they're yeah. they're aiming for it. Like you know, I like push everybody five hundred a day, five hundred a day, five hundred a day. That's what you have to be going for. You have to make five hundred euro profit every single day before you go home. If you go, if you go on the way home, you haven't got five hundred profit. Turn the fuck back around and get out and get it. You know. And then I've given them all these tools and strategies to to make that happen. Um, most of my clients make 500 euros most of the days. Not all of them make it every day. Most of them make it most days. And uh, one lad, like, we made 500 quid every day. He was short of, like, 90 quid to make it five days in a row. And uh, just because he didn't do his homework and check how much he made every day, he didn't realize, you know. Um, so we, yeah, we've all these these different kind of strategies and tactics to use, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, like, we have got like a fucking serious. Like, I'm actually, I, if there's such thing as magic, it's in what we've created with that business mentorship program. Because, like, I didn't have it when I started off. I took a little bit about how I ran my business, and I took a little bit. Well, I took how I ran my business, and I put these different inputs and in, influences from from different lads. And like, we have got like, it's unbelievable. Like, you just just turn up with your boots on and your sneakers gear. And just do what you're told and you'll make the money. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just like certain tweaks and different things to the business and all that. And like rather than aiming for like to make 100 grand or 200 grand in a year, you may aim to make 500 quid per day. So you know at four o'clock in the day if you're on point for your yearly target or not. And if you're not, then we have, you know, things you do to, to make that happen. And once then they start making a few quid, we just flip them over and do some property deals. Either they do them themselves or they do them with me or whatever you want to be. Like we've I've basically built a community of people who are just like me. They're all fucking nuts. Like, you know? They're just like <laughs> so determined, pushing and pushing and pushing all the time, which is great. Like, And it's really, like it feels like magic, to be honest, you know. When you get a guy that has no money, like, and uh, like then he's equating, you know, after, say, two or three months or two months even, He's acquainting the amount of money he has in the bank account to what percentage of a of a deposit he has for a property. Whereas before I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy a new car or a new van. Now I'm like I'm three quarters of the way or three eighths of the way there to my to my, my property purchase, you know. It's uh it's it's crazy stuff. It's interesting just to hear you talking about the brand there of Joe Doyle, you know, because this is just me. Mm. You know, I don't you know, you're always trying to just be yourself, you know, and I'd be like saying F bombs on videos and people to be given out to like oh fuck yes. you know and then other people like oh no like I, I like the way that if you if you think something shit you just say it and it's something like that so you know social media is a handy number for me because it's just me mm. but still it takes a lot of effort to actually put the stuff up and put it together do you have a support oh, structure yeah. that does that for you or do you just kind of do it every day or oh no we have a team we have a team mm. like so i heard a pa there on friday um but i have i have two guys on on the media side and uh, even at that then like 
like people be like, how do you do so much? So basically, I've got one key man on the property side, I've got one key man on the media side, and then I've got a, a, a part-time guy on the media side, and now I hired a PA. And you want to see the amount of stuff that we get done because I'm so meticulous. Don't waste money, don't waste time. You know that's what you're that's what you're pushing for. But again, like uh, we are seriously underperforming on what we're doing, like the on on the social media side. Like I've got I've got about like three hundred clients all over the country now. But like, there's no reason why I shouldn't have three thousand clients. There's no reason why there shouldn't be three thousand people in this country, tradesmen out there, you know, making five hundred quid a day for them and their family, rather than just scraping by, walking for years and and not getting anywhere really. You know, um, it's crazy. Like people, you know, people typical client will come to me and have forty or fifty grand saved to be in business ten years. And then we'll set a plan to, to get another 100 within that year. So the net result for all this year's work would be like 50 grand. And then we'll set a plan to get another 100. Now, will he get it? Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't, but he'll get close to it. And it's just crazy that, like, I, I just, I, it's, not even, it's magic. I just think, it's just, holy shit, like, how are these guys not delivering for so long? And then I, I know how they're delivering because I just listened to what I tell them, but mm. how are they not delivering for so long and accepting it? It's belief. Massive. I suppose they don't believe it. Don't, they just yeah. can't see. It. They can't see beyond what it, what what's been the normal. If they hang around, they might know two or three other tradesmen that are in their in business. So they might be doing worse than they are, and they go, "Well, <laughs> I've got forty grand in the bank." You know? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff, you know. Um, but it's it's an in, an interesting. I'll tell you actually a quick story there. Um, last Christmas, not Christmas, gone the one before. Um, I had this thing in my head that I wanted to run a hundred kilometers in a day. And uh, my buddy was putting on a charity event. So he says, right, we'll, we'll try to run 100 kilometers in a day. And I'm like, if I can actually run, this is before the race, like if I can run 100 kilometers in a day, that means I can officially do anything that I want to ever do because that's like two and a half marathons in a day. So uh, we done the race and uh, like it nearly killed me, but we got finished in the end. I mean, we ran 100 kilometers in a day and it was great crack, but it was a weird feeling. Like, um, So then... We've done it again just before Christmas this year, right? But about a week before I done the the uh, the hundred k for the second time, I connected with some guy on Instagram. Not some guy; his name is Ruslan, and he's literally running forty thousand kilometers all around the world, right? So I was like a hundred k. I was like, ah, sure, I've done it before. I'll do it again. And then you meet someone who's running forty thousand kilometers, and then you realise that what might target of 100k in a day was is absolutely nothing in comparison to what he's doing so you should be always reaching up if that makes sense if you're not reaching up you're definitely going backwards in, in my eyes you know it's unbelievable as well because it, it that really uh when you're saying that once you did it once you just you had no doubt in your mind that you could do it again do you like know like it's it's a hundred percent that's kind of it's yeah. like it's like in a video game it's like you've leveled up now you got it to a checkpoint and it's hard to yeah. get back down to the, <laughs> the, the yeah the next bit. but you know the crazy thing was and, and this is what something that i'm kind of exploring with myself now is that i i have a lot of kind of limiting beliefs i believe going on in my own head because i promised myself that i could do anything i wanted once i done the 100k and then once i done it like and i done it a second time i was like well, it's not that hard i was like yeah you know, and I really need to start thinking bigger in my business because, you know, pretty much anybody who interacts with me on social media is a bit better off as a result of it. If they, 
you know, if we do some business, they would make more money or they would acquire some skills. If they just interact or engage with me, I'll answer some of their questions for them. So there's a lot of value that I have to give to a lot of people who aren't getting it right now. And if I can just get out of my own way and, and lift that up, like there's a lot of people that will be far better off as a direct result of the work we do, you know? That's a, a great belief to have as well, like that you can make the impact on people. And after this uh, this this call here, we're going to put all the all the stuff, all the links to, to Joe's stuff on after this. So all the people who maybe haven't come across you that are our listeners will be able to kind of tap into that positive energy as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. And what I've got is, um, like, if, if, if I'm allowed to say it, you can edit this out if you want. I don't mind. But if, if any of our listeners want, like, a, a business program free, one, tell them just to just to uh, message me on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, SharkPod, and I'll know that your listeners and I'll send them a program for free then Class. so they can, they, can, they can get into it and see what it's all about, you know? Class. Very so fun. we usually do a lightning round, but we ran out of uh, time here, uh, Mark. So what's the, what's the so Mark, what's the two questions that are burning there uh, for Joe and then we'll let him go back to his, uh, his evening here? What do you think? No, I'll, I'll enjoy the chat, that's so <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm happy you had me on here. Okay. Maybe... Is it who you know or what you know? It's definitely not what you know. <laughs> it's definitely not who you know. It's how determined you are. It's how much, it's how much you want it. How much you Good, want answer. Good answer. And then, okay, the last one is, if you could advise somebody to learn one skill, what would it be? Uh, it'd have to be to sell, wouldn't it? To sell yourself. You're not to sell yourself. It's it's something that, like you know, I just, like we mentioned before the, the podcast, I had a, a a baby recently. Like teaching them to what, sell. What, boy or girl? A boy. What's she- his name? Seamus. Savage. <laughs> yeah. So she, he's got his uh, birth cert in the mail today. So Seamus. Uh, yeah. So Seamus is going to be selling shit uh, as soon as he can uh, is able to, you know. Uh, chat yeah. to his his, his uh, little classmates if we sell them something <laughs> um i'll make sure of that but uh, so joe thanks so much for joining us today really really enjoyed chatting to you love the stories about uh the visualization and then making shit happen uh i think it's a like we've talked to loads of people in the shark pod but this is from a completely kind of different angle i think and uh i think people will love it we'll put some notes in the uh, or some of your links in the show notes and also uh, tell everybody to go out there if you want to have a have a go at some of the the business coaching the business uh, programs that you have um uh, we'll put a thing in for shark pod and we'll see if uh, we can get some people making 500 a day i think that's a good good plan yeah no no worries that's where you know where i'm at if you need me yeah right. thanks, thanks joe bye see you at the top the recording has stopped